I just got a loud, weird noise in my headphones, and I need to let, let one of my ears out so I can uh, hear myself better. Get used to the little delay in my headphones, excuse me. And welcome to the first episode of That Doggone Podcast. Um, I am going to treat this podcast as its own thing as I will all the podcasts I do from here um I do two other podcasts one is kind of on a break uh I don't know for how long or what that means yet but I am building something from the ground up and I would love to take everybody with me you know right now but I have to build first and um, I have to do some solo work here because I've had uh, difficulties getting people on the same page but that's not what this podcast is about it is about animal welfare in general and other things like success stories or training tips uh and not just about dogs either it's about animals in general right so this is that doggone podcast and it is one of three i'm doing right now and if you would like to see me step out of the animal welfare arena and travel a little uh even here Everything's going to be very local until it's not. Just uh, expect that. But, you know, the other two podcasts, uh, Cast It 1020, will venture more into the creation process. Uh, and then my solo podcast, The Conscious Stream, uh, will be more me traveling, interviewing local businesses, uh, interesting people, perhaps. It's just... A hodgepodge collage of uh, life and uh, its oddities. So, you know, everything's developing. We'll see where everything goes. But here you will hear about my uh, recent adventures in becoming both a career trainer in the uh, canine arena and um group speaker of uh or in some capacity i will be teaching classes with uh, my friend shay and his business the fox and the hound and they are local here in columbus indiana so this will be one of a few businesses i do um give a seal of approval or will be giving a seal of approval as I continue these adventures. Um, you know, when I see a friend just trying to take care of his family, start a new business, uh, and beat the odds in this economy, I'm, I'm going to give him the support. So I'm really excited as uh, I let other friends do their thing that I step into a new role career-wise doing the dog training, something I've actually... Uh, kind of done in some capacity my whole life not professionally but uh in a sense I've always volunteered my time since early middle school my, 
much less to other people, just explicitly into animal welfare because, <coughs> excuse me, um, I myself am an animal lover, um, very big advocate when it comes to um, animal welfare and how they're treated and, um, you know, I am kind of a dog person, but I've been used to uh, households that have more than one dog or more than one cat explicitly. And then moving back to Indiana and being in this part of the Midwest, uh, you know, I see it all all kinds of farm life, you know, and then inside of houses, I see all kinds of pets out here. People have animals. It's like way more of a norm than out in the city when I was like in Maryland, near Virginia and DC, you know what I mean? So, uh, it's just different out here. You, you learn a lot more about a lot more species and uh, it could be potential for, you know, a really good podcast, but my focus will be sometimes just dogs, and uh, that'll be uh, the reoccurring theme because of where I'm at, and not just because I'm working with Shay, but because I will be able to afford myself and my platform more working with friends. I should be able to tackle my nonprofit idea now, which is always been a goal which will be working with uh dogs explicitly i say but uh in general i think the the platform for lack of better words i'm creating there you know when it comes to the nonprofit and how i present myself and it will be directed towards like rescuing say pit bulls in a fighting ring or something crazy like that uh but just um entering what could be a violent situation or entering kind of a chaotic situation and really uh figuring out what i'm even capable of doing from my standpoint you know and to actually bring animals out of violent situations or dangerous situations uh, rehabilitate them and make not just content of it or try to influence people but make you know really genuinely uh thought out and um helpful you know media of it Stuff we can really educate with. Stuff we can really help the welfare of abused animals with. And, um, you know, that'll kind of be its own focal point in, its, or in and of itself when I get to that point. So, over here, I'm going to try to keep it uh, just family-friendly more so than the other stuff. And kind of, like, lighthearted and amusing and... Not so heavy on the like we might do some uh covered or cover stories here, and they might get sad, but I just don't want to make this entire like podcast and platform on this side like all about uh, you know 
sharing sob stories and trying to gain attention that way. Because some people operate that way, and they really, they could cause people a lot of distress doing it that way. So, I, you know, I want things to stand on their own and have their focal point and do what they're supposed to. But I really want this one about, to be about, like... Something I'm good at, something I'm doing immediately and can fit in my day. And this being work anyway, or becoming work, it's going to be really easy for me to concentrate on this, make content of it along the way. And, uh, you know, if anyone knows me listening to this, I find my way. But the biggest thing, because I never really... I'm a child in a man's body, so (laughs) respectfully, things I do artistically kind of end up attracting children, and at this age, at this point, I have a lot of friends that have kids, I'm around kids a lot now, uh, and they become interested in what I'm doing because it's visually appealing course it is uh you think about my audience or what i might gain as audience i hate that word i have to work on that and that's one edit already we're nine minutes in i don't know how long this will be uh but just have gotten used to my friends kids being like oh look at the drone oh look at the colors oh look at the so i Really getting my head about not uh, distributing a certain way. Because I know some people are really free with their content. And I think that's cool. And I like people being themselves. And not everything is censorship. You know what I mean? Not everything is about silencing us right sometimes it's about just protecting innocence and not even in children and adults too you know from where I stand I know there are some adults that wouldn't understand some content and you know to some degree um I think about how I present that content as well so this program is going to like for example you just hear an edit from what I did because I know what I did (laughs) and uh for the most part I will try to have a completely different personality but these will be you know reviewed edited and this isn't about censorship this is about creating content that is for you know that is has a direct purpose isn't just about influencing an audience and uh you know trying to gain a certain type of attention so it being about animals and dogs and this is a perfect outlet and opportunity so you know like family and friends that have kids now want to listen to my podcast but always have the kids around you know this is your chance to be a part of my growing platform and experience when it comes to, you know, my media, how I create, and how I influence intentionally or not. Because it will never be my point to tell somebody what to do or outside of telling people how to do. 
And uh, if you don't get what I mean, that's like the difference in saying you should do this and you could do this. Uh, It's about just laying out basics and allowing people to come up with their own methods and allowing them to form their own opinions and choose really ultimately whether or not they want to consume they get anything from this. You know what I mean? Because they can go to this platform I'm curating this kind of content for or the that platform and everything kind of has a purpose. And that, to me, is simply being aware of how I distribute. So that's what to expect from this cast. So... Uh, that being said, I thought the first episode, uh, with the long 12-minute intro here, 13-minute intro almost, actually, so we'll round up. Um, which is kind of funny. That's like a lucky number around here. Uh, yeah, I just thought I would come up with a theme or, like, an idea and make it a vocal point and make that episode one. So, my thought was right around December... Uh, a huge mistake a lot of people make is giving away a dog as a pet, uh, making it a Christmas gift, or uh, in other context, a birthday gift, a <laughs> Valentine gift, a gift in general. Um, let me disclaimer this uh, conversation with myself with not really a pet guys um you know any animal really but you don't cuz it's there's context behind that every time like when you go to get the kid a pet you expect them to take care of it or you've had that conversation and it it's just not cool to me to use an animal as a reward or use an animal as a, you know, because they have specific needs. You know, they're a living, breathing creature. They feel, they have emotions, they have nerve endings. They're just like you and me. So they don't really get a choice. And it's totally unfair to put them in a situation where you expect your child who depending on what age, may not be that much more developed uh, than the dog. You know what I mean? Like, as an adult, when you do these things, you're going to come into the situation with the responsibility, no matter what you think the child should or shouldn't do. And the dog doesn't get a choice. And if your child were in the same situation, they'd be in very, very similar shoes. It'd be the same with a babysitter or a family member you want to trust that you can't. So, you know, if you're going to get a dog as a gift, be competent, be coherent. Um, Things to think about. What breed are you getting? You know, what kind of lifestyle do you or your family live? So, you know, maybe if you live in Florida and, you know, you're outside all the time running around and... You know, maybe a husky's not right for you. Maybe you find 
more of a short haired breed, something active, something that likes heat, maybe like a blue healer, in fact. Uh, you know, thinking about what breed, what kind of lifestyle you lead, it, that's really important right off the jump. So if you're doing these things, you're buying dogs as gifts, animals in general, you should really consider what species, what breed, you know? Because depending on where you live, depending on what type of lifestyle you live, you know, you will have different results and what kind of experience you get from your companion. So, you know, like a husky is going to be pretty miserable in Florida and you're probably not going to enjoy a lot of your time with it. But a blue healer, a, you know, an Australian herding dog might love Florida might love running around with the family. So that's exactly what I mean in picking breeds. But <clears throat> not to judge, I'm also not a huge fan of pure breeding or, you know, people who do that. So to each their own. But, you know, you can get mixed breeds. You can also rescue. Uh, I'm a big advocate on rescuing finding animals that are already here with us and need a home you know like because people do this they <laughs> they get a dog for christmas or something i'm pretty sure this is little kirby's story he's our new companion uh around here and my little for lack of better words rescue um no yeah i'm pretty sure he was a gift somebody got in the dress he spent the last two years in a shelter and if I hadn't have driven three hours to go pick him up, the shelter has no choice to, but to put him down because of the way it's ran. And, I, you know, I can't speak for the employees I interacted with. They obviously had a lot of love for Kirby. And, um, dude, we were bare. If I hadn't come in, they were preparing to put him down. Those people were crying. It was very emotional the whole uh situation but you know we even started meeting with him uh kind of biting me not really but he snapped at me he got some teeth in uh he didn't hurt me and immediately I saw where he was scared he's just misunderstood you know and that's kind of how these things work uh, he needed somebody to get to his level, so me getting down on one knee after he does that, and I'm like, dude, I'm not going to hurt you, you know? He starts sniffing. He gets to know me. He's a totally different dog. I'm telling you, this dog, he seems mean on the outside, but he's one of the sweetest pups I've worked with uh, in 33 years, and that might not be a huge amount it's a growing amount now but yeah I just you know some people wouldn't even get to see that from him because they just see what to them is labeled as a vicious dog and he's got some blue healer and some pit bulls so he looks like you know uh one of these mislabeled breeds in the first place so you know That's what happens when you get them as a gift and you're not ready and you end up taking them to the shelter, right? You, they end up there for years and um, they don't get any training. Nobody really tries with them. And one day they just get put down because there's not enough room and they have too many, you know, strays or otherwise coming in. 
And then you have these shelters full to the brim of animals just like that with the same story. And they don't get picked up, you know? They don't get forever homes. So, you know, brings me back to my initial point. But, you know, if you train them... You know, if you come to somebody like me or Shay and at the Fox and the Hound, you know, you get to help, you know, people out here that are trying to make it affordable in this economy to train it. I mean, I, I understand and it's it is an expensive event to begin with to get classes into. So that's kind of uh, why I want to extend it here anyway in the nonprofit. But. You know, some people can't do it. They just, they're not good at training the dog. You know, I implore you to come, let somebody like us help you get to that. But just give it, give the dog the chance to be the companion you need, you know? Because I've seen, I've seen people with that aggressive kind of mindset. Me, for example, you know, I used to be a real yeller, but when my dog started getting upset, you know... When I'm fighting all the time and my dog's a bit, that was really a deciding factor in me going to therapy, me having a good job, you know, me um, just behaving in household or around other people. So, like, it really broke me out of my shell again in the sense of, you know, Seeing me and how I'm acting from uh, somebody else's perspective, if that makes sense. Because I wasn't like, I was just irritable, I'm having issues, and until the dog was around to kind of, you know, point out, I like, I don't even realize how I come off to people or that, like, that's what my personality looks like to others. And I'm like, no, I'm just here, man. Uh, so... That's kind of my point, you know? If the dog is trained right, it could be exactly what you... It could be such a mutually beneficial experience for the owner and the dog, for lack of better words, right? Or the master and the dog. So, uh, yeah, like, give the animal a chance in the first place before you take them to a shelter. And this is kind of going on. So... I'm going to try to keep these between 30 minutes and an hour. We're reaching 30 minutes. I kind of, uh, there was a great intro in my opinion. There's some key points I kind of picked from my notes here. I've been taking over the past month and a half as I learned to uh, not train dogs. Uh, I already kind of know what I'm doing there. And I'm, I'm definitely learning from uh, the owner of this business and his methods. Um and I have some great like vocal points for a first episode and to stay on topic, you know, I got a new puppy now what? But um <clears throat> uh, I took these notes while learning to train this class over the last few months or month and a half or so. I'm really not sure how long it's been at this point. It's probably been just over a month. <clears throat> but, yeah, um, 
I took these notes and kind of reviewed them today. And I think uh, other than training and conditioning, uh, if you want to train on your own or you want to give that a shot, I am just going to review my notes here because then I even went to the computer and took some extra notes. And I just want to be sure. Okay. So, yeah, um, great starting point. You're going to look into what is classical conditioning. And this is something we know of now because of uh, one Ivan Pavlov, right? So that's Pavlov's dog. Um, the story there is, you know, he kind of has the real realization, Pavlov, that having a stimuli like food in this case would get the dog's attention, then he could ring a bell and the dog would react to the bell because of the food, the stimuli. So through repetition, you know, ringing the bell, giving a piece of food, ringing the bell, slowly taking away the piece of food, you get to the point where the dog, without even thinking about it, um, just comes to the bell, right? And that is the basis for most, if not all, basic training, right? So you're going to be able to train a dog to a single trick, and then you kind of find your own methods from there probably. So that's why sometimes it's easier to bring it to somebody else and let them help you. But if you can't afford that, if you want to do this on your own, that's where I personally would start is with uh, classical conditioning outside of, obviously, nutrition. Nutrition will be the number one thing. and You can't have a dog if you don't feed it, so... <laughs> food before behavior and especially since you're going to use the food to uh, edit the behavior later so <clears throat> yeah looking into classical conditioning uh, taking that for what it is and moving from there uh, just to give you a layman's term example of I'm really shooting for 30, 35 minutes, no more than 40 on these, especially right now. But what I do is um, I take a clicker, and for me, that's like a focus, right? And I use the treat, click, 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 click. When they're focusing on the clicker, I bring it to my nose, and when they're focusing on me and the clicker, then I give them the treat when they've kind of uh, shown the understanding that they're getting what I'm doing, what I'm one of them. So they get a treat for that, and slowly over time that treat becomes just affection. And that's the ultimate goal, is when the dog does it because they want to. It's about not forcing the animal. I mean, that's where all my methods are going to come from, is letting the animal be themselves, but teaching, uh, we'll say manners, right? Mannerisms that you want a domesticated dog to have in a home. 
and of course once you get that next will be potty training and you'll you should be able to do it from there if you're reading and you really truly understand it if not again there are businesses out there that will help you <clears throat> cough cough uh so that being my starting point in terms of behavior and training uh one of the other first things you have really these are both like number one on your list of things to do would be looking into that and nutrition immediately look into nutrition obviously water <laughs> you don't need to start adding soda to their diet so water that's an easy one um typically uh my dogs share a dish but i i wash it religiously i keep track of these things uh Taking care of my dogs is a huge part of my routine and my lifestyle. So, uh, that being said, getting a big like communal uh, water dish, having more than one dog, and kind of you don't really want a watering hole because it's how you get sick dogs real easy. So, um, me and my head uh, and the way I do things and my methods really try to have uh, each dog have their own dish for water and food. I think it's important for uh, both development uh, in terms of personality, we'll say, uh, and, you know, just for health reasons at the same time. And then uh, past that, you want to think about what food you're giving them, right? What you're putting in the dish other than water. Uh, most people are going to go for kibble. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and call things out by name. Gravy train, number one. I know a lot of people that just give their animals gravy train, and that's not great for them. Uh, gravy train's horrible for them, but, like, foods like that, lots of filler, lots of preservatives, lots of things to make it what it is, cheap. You know what I mean? Uh, affordable to some, but cheap. It makes it cheap. You know, if you have to find ways to make it affordable to budget, you know, I feel if you can't feed a dog right, don't intentionally have it, you know. If you're just trying to help a situation, you know, good on you. Um, commend you for trying to find ways to help. But, like, if you go out and adopt and then just immediately into gravy train, you have done this animal uh disservice if there was a chance of it being adopted by a family that can afford better it's a living breeding it's like adopting a kid in my opinion so take it or leave it you know that's how i feel about it i wouldn't adopt a child and not be able to feed it that doesn't make sense to me so that's exactly how i'm gonna put it but you know, you look on the bag and it'll tell you nutrition and you're going to look for things like wheat filler or, um, and really you want to avoid oils, but one you'll see right off the bat, they put in regular dog treats all the time as a uh, sunflower oil or, um, uh, peanut oil or any of those. Those really aren't great for dogs at all, much less us, you know, but they will. You know, those treats have been known to harm animals, especially um, you get big treats with these weird preservatives and stuff in them and giving them to small dogs. There is a chance it, it'll put them in a vet situation. So uh, really learn to read labels in life in general. Um, 
but avoid those fillers, avoid those preservatives. Look for things like one ingredient, you know what I mean? Like salmon. Salmon's going to be really good for your dog. Uh, you know, there will be a lot of foods that put real salmon in it, real chicken. You're looking for things like that. You know, uh, Kerger has the refrigerated foods. That's one of my favorite go-tos uh, in terms of topper. Uh, you know, I spend between 30 and $40 on a good kibble. I read, you know, every time I get one. And that's a habit. But I also tend to Google and look things up. And uh, I think we're getting nature's bounty right now and swear by it. But, you know, sometimes I do get Purina and stuff. But... Like any other mass-produced product, you get these recalls, you get these issues, and uh, I tend to avoid that now because things like Purina especially, because th there's a lack of concern not from not from where they're supposed to be concerned, but from factory or you know it's just logistically out of our hands as consumers, period. So imagine you are cooking your own food for your dog. Imagine you know where the chicken came from. You know, you're just cooking a family dinner and taking some of those scraps and turning it into a week's worth of food for the dog with some rice, perhaps. Uh, you know, there's no one way to do this. So that's the next thing I'll tell you to look into. Uh, finding the right kibble. You know, having a, a budget, a bottom line, where you're getting that one kibble and making sure your dog has it. And I'm telling you, learn to read labels. I'm telling you to look for things, like because they will. They will just straight up put it in things they say are for your dogs. That will poison them. And it happens. And then you get these horror stories where people lose, like, beloved pets, you know, over just such a mundane detail. And it's unfortunate. So, read, 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 read. That is my best advice. But you can look for foods from there. And I actually tend to make a lot, like, I make my trainer treats from scratch usually, um, if I'm finding deals on good treats or good foods, like there's certain things I swear by and upon research and, you know, other episodes and so forth, I will, I will figure that out. But I'm going to end this episode on nutrition and I just have a quick list of foods. Let me find it. <laughs> Super professional. Yeah. Uh, actually, I just have a few notes I'm going to read through first just briefly so yeah that's kind of what was uh nutrition wise base your dog's activity on your lifestyle that's kind of in layman's terms what i've been saying this whole episode um accommodate its needs right uh base its diet on activity level breed specifications you know versus body weight and size this is exactly what i'm saying uh, in the first place in kind of an ADD fashion. But then also look into this, like, on the back of the bag. You'll have, like, uh, how much does your dog weigh? It's a little chart. You know, 
that's how many cups of food a day versus activity level. Yeah, use that chart. Learn to use it. Uh, find diagrams online to teach you or whatever, however you had to do it. But every bag of dog food kind of gives you this information already. And if you can do the math and the store, you know, you know which food to buy. You can budget better. I mean, there's all kinds of benefits to learning how to read the bag of dog food and uh, make an educated purchase, you know? So read, read, read. Learn to read those charts. And, you know, just like people, if you're not moving a lot that day, maybe don't eat too much. Same for the dog. <clears throat> uh, Yeah. Uh, this is one of my favorite, too. I made a point in my notes to uh, keep this in my head when I'm training. But one of my favorite sayings is, if it's good enough for my dog, it's good enough for me. And I live by that one, so uh, I'm ready to die on that hill. <laughs> I, if they have, they have a few different foods I've tried, and I know some people go, ew, gross, but it's like the same. Like, you eat bologna, shut the, shut the heck up, you know? <laughs> But, um, I have, I've tried their treats. I've tried, cause I know what's in it. I read labels and it, it's not scary when you're educated, you know? So point made there, uh, in terms of vegetables and stuff, uh, really in human and dogs health or case, um, raw vegetables and stuff, but if you're cooking them food, you're giving them meat, cook that, you know what I mean? Most of the time you want to cook things like egg and meat. And yeah, kibble with no no filler. That That's as simple as I can make it. Uh, kibble, no filler, and learn to use toppers so you get complete nutrition. Because that is the number one thing uh i try to point out that people argue all the time and it's really weird to me because <laughs> everybody's a dog trainer now right um no you know kibble's not complete nutrition even when you have the right kibble you want to get a topper of some kind and make sure you are completing your dog's meal you know what i mean so yeah just another layer there, and uh, I'm not going to give away my homemade treat recipe today because it'll take us a little bit further than 40 minutes, and I want to end it here, but I just have this list of like foods I buy on purpose that I can eat and share with the dogs, and I kind of base my diet on what I can eat with my animals because I like having my meals with them. I like sharing food with them. And this is how I make it a healthy and uh, beneficial experience for us both. But pumpkin is a good source of sol uh, soluble fiber, uh, and it's good for their digestion. So... Uh, even it, it will prevent diarrhea in a lot of cases. And um, I noticed that if I'm having one of my dogs, they uh, have a diarrhea spell, for lack of better words. I, I can give them the really pumpkin-heavy treats or the pumpkin puree with those skins in them, and they do kind of firm up. So if your dog's got the soft serves, uh, <laughs> pumpkin... <laughs> 
that's where this podcast should get fun. Uh, blueberries are another one. Uh, they're a really good low calorie treat, and they provide antioxidants as well as vitamin C. Uh, NK, which supports the immune system as well as being a source of fiber. So, yeah, blueberries are another one uh, I use really heavily. Uh, cinnamon and very small amounts is something you can use for flavor in dishes. So that's not really something that'll hurt them or help them, but kind of a flavor enhancer. And like humans we can get cinnamon poison and i've seen this happen in my household in fact where you eat a little too much cinnamon in a food and makes you uh get the soft serves like the dog you'll get the same reaction so cinnamon is a flavor enhancer but they can have it uh and there's a note here that like <clears throat> absolutely avoid xylitol. So that's going to be in sugar-free gum a lot. A lot of sugar-free candy, it is a uh, artificial sweetener. 100% uh, avoid xylitol. Don't even have, like, sugar-free gum in the house sometimes. that We, we kind of banned it in our house. Uh, but, yeah, it's super poisonous. It's worse than chocolate. And uh, it's in a lot, a lot of crap these days. So watch that one. Oh, really great one. And kind of a... This is one of those treats you can distract your dog with because you can put on licking plates and stuff like that. But that would be uh, just natural peanut butter. Only peanuts, no oils, you know? read your labels but that's a great treat especially like uh, shower training trying to get your pup to stay still in the shower so you're washing them and blah 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 you can wipe that on the walls or like a treat that connects to the walls be sure things are clean sanitary uh but they'll lick the wall while you're uh doing whatever so Maybe not teach your animals to lick walls because mine do that sometimes and not in good ways. <laughs> and they lick brick walls and stuff, so I try not to do it that way anymore, but to each their own. <clears throat> and peanut butter uh, contains vitamin E, which is good for muscles, eyes, and skin, right? Promotes cell health and um, would help regulate fat metabolism. Um... um I'm not going to be a vet about this, but I was reading where it was talking about studies showing that it, even in a diet could prevent arthritis or be uh, beneficial in a dog's diet if they did have arthritis. So something to think about, something to research yourself. Uh, eggs. Eggs are a good topper as well. I use them as a topper a lot. Cook some eggs real quick in the microwave, kind of scramble them with a fork and just throw them on there, and it'll get the dogs to really eat their kibble in the morning but the eggs will have fatty acids more vitamins like b12 and vitamin a which are all water soluble and says they're good for skin and coat as well on the other page here but protein rich great meal topper like i said so if you're on a pinch or a budget again you're making your own food eggs are Something you can throw into rice or something along with, you know, some vegetables. I mean, 
you can feed yourself and your dog pretty cheap and not really have to miss out too much if you learn to cook and you learn to read labels. I mean, it is what it is. So, egg, um, bananas, uh, in moderation are a great source of uh, potassium, obviously, vitamin B6, vitamin C, magnesium, and magnes. Uh, it's a low-sodium, s- low low-carb kind of snack. Uh, but you don't, like, I give my big dog half a banana. I give my little dog a couple bites. You don't want to do more than that. Uh, first of all, bananas will make them gassy. Uh, could cause abdominal pain. Uh, if they're too gassy, uh, you know, your dog's going to fart if you give them a banana, for one. So, <laughs> I know from experience, trust me. It'd be stinky. Uh, but, yeah, if you... They're really good for treats, uh, in the long run, if you're making homemade treats, and I'll cover this on uh, maybe the next episode or something, but I'm about to hit 50 minutes. I'm trying to end it. Trying to end it here, but. <clears throat> Bananas are <coughs> fine, but something you want to give in moderation. So, that being said. Um, I have one more little page here, just kind of skimmed as I was talking, that's why I got kind of distracted, but dogs are omnivores, and meat is the most natural diet we can provide. Cooked, unseasoned chicken, turkey, beef, fish, eggs, pumpkin, green beans, carrots, spinach, sliced apples, and bananas, both in moderation, oatmeal can all be mixed and matched for complete nutrition with or without the kibble. Feed your dog well. Cook for doggo. They love homemade meals. So I think that's really cool. It's kind of true. But that's just a Cliff Notes version of what all I have written. And I'm at this point, I'm getting to the point I'm almost have half a journal written just about dogs here. But I'm going through my methods. I'm figuring out my madness and how I do it and how I can uh, better regurgitate the information to you guys from here. Um, Learning to teach a class, learning to help people. So that is episode one of That Doggone Podcast. I'm burnt out now. You can hear it. That is episode one of That Doggone doggone podcast one of two i did this weekend uh i had to go do another episode of the conscious stream if you're into that idea and you're of age uh there may be episodes that are more for uh pg-13 audience we'll say pg maybe even uh but right now you know i'm just being myself so friends and family that have kids and stuff you know if you want to consume more of my media i will figure out a way to uh make this platform healthy for everybody involved while not really you know i don't want to say giving up continuity but that's what i mean uh excuse me because I'm those platforms I'm gonna do some fun stuff that other people may make decisions and I may film it and it may be entertaining but may not explicitly express a view I have right so food for thought (laughs) 
Uh, here, though, you're going to get the family-friendly experience. You just heard how I'm conducting myself. Uh, I did let a word slip, and I will edit it out upon listening to this before I release it within the next hour or so, and then turn around and do another episode of the conscious stream whatever uh that's the doggone podcast sorry for rambling i will get better at this as i go on and uh i will see you next episode